I was given the title uh, to talk about the forgotten Christians, and that's very appropriate if we ask who are the forgotten Christians. Many of you will know many of these facts, but perhaps for the one person in the room who doesn't, I'll give you some of the details. Christianity, Christians are the most persecuted a religious group, religious community in the world. Now, that is a statistical fact. Seven or eight out of every ten people persecuted for their religion are Christians. Pope Francis has said that this is the worst persecution of Christians since the first three centuries of the church. In fact, it's much worse than the first three centuries of the church, of course, because there are many more Christians. We're not just talking also, and it's very important to say about persecution of Christians by radical Islam, which is all across the world, not just the Middle East, exponential in Africa now, Indonesia, Pakistan, you can almost name any country in the world, but we're thinking also of the persecution of Christians by Hindu nationalists in India, Buddhist persecution of Christians, and yes, it has to be said, now in the West, some kind of subtle, growing persecution of Christians by radical secularists. On my first visit to Iraq in 2015, I remember hearing the words of a cardinal who had also visited in a dangerous time. He said that when you speak of the persecution of Christians, you must speak with absolute honesty and complete transparency. And so it's very important to remember that. Speaking with honesty and transparency, transparency in love, caritas in veritate, speaking the truth in love because the truth will set us free. Persecution of Christians is growing, not diminishing despite the fact that it is virtually never covered by the media. That's another story. As I said, in Africa, it is an ex there's an exponential growth of persecution, an expansion of ISIS, ISIS affiliates, Al-Qaeda. Last year, in Nigeria alone, one African country in Nigeria alone, more than 3,000 Christians were murdered, were martyred, because they were Christians. Men, women, and children burnt to death in their villages. Their churches burnt down. How many protests were there in European cities about this terrible slaughter of African Christians? Black lives matter, we're told, and they do, but obviously not black African Christian lives. It's very important. We've forgotten, we've forgotten, of course, and Europe is an orthodox country, orthodox Christians, with a small O, I mean. They are being persecuted in Europe. We're receiving, as it were, the first fruits of persecution, a subtle persecution, a persecution of cancelling, a persecution of ridicule, a persecution of loss, of employment for being a faithful, Bible-believing Christian. And then, yes, we know legal persecution. What a joy it will be tomorrow to see Pivey here, a woman standing up for her faith and being persecuted for it. I once said when I was in Iraq to one of the priests early on, I said, well, yes, Father, we're being persecuted as well in Europe. And he said to me rather dryly, well, you haven't had your head cut off. And that's true. 
but it is, it is growing. In all countries which have a Muslim majority, Christians are second-class citizens, and that is beginning slowly but surely to happen in the West. Those conditions are being created. And so conservatives, European conservatives, should be cons concerned about this. So the second question is, why has the West forgotten Christians, persecuted Christians? There is a simple answer. It's not simplistic. It's simple. It's short, but it's not trite. It's because we have forgotten our roots. We have forgotten our roots. We've not just forgotten our roots. Our roots have been deliberately distorted. They've been denied. They've been pulled up. Who can forget the debates when the European Constitution was being written, the debates about the place of Christianity, or rather the removal of the place of Christianity in the European Constitution, and the agonized pleas of Pope John Paul II, Saint John Paul II, for an acknowledgement of the Judeo-Christian roots of European civilization. But no, they were airbrushed out. A preacher far greater than me once told a story of two houses, one built on sand and one built on rock. And when the wind blew and the rain and the storms came, the house built on sand fell, and the gospel says it was completely destroyed because it had no foundation. If Europe imagines it has a future without its Christian foundation, it is in for a mighty fall. So the West has forgotten Christianity and forgotten Christians because of the deliberate expunging of memory. Again, something conservatives should be very concerned about, memory. It's been advanced by a new militant secularism, which, as I said, sees orthodox Christianity as the enemy. A perfect little way of showing this was, again, when I was in Iraq one time, 2017, I was in the town of Karamlesh, which is a few miles from Mosul. We could hear the coalition bombs dropping on Mosul. I was with the parish priest. They'd just returned. ISIS had just been driven out. Many of the houses had IEDs in. And the priest took me into the graveyard of the church. And ISIS had dug up the bodies of Christians and thrown them away. That was a deliberate attempt to expunge the memory, to say that Christians didn't exist. They were not here. And I would say it might be controversial. There is a strange marriage that is now happening between militant secularists and militant Islam, a marriage made in hell, which is doing the same thing, trying to pretend Christianity never even existed. This, we know, is being pushed in the world of the media, in the world of academia, as we've already heard, by the so-called conoscenti, the people who control, the elites who control much of society. And my third section might be the most controversial because of this outfit that I'm wearing. I would argue that the church itself has forgotten Christians. The Western church, the uh, United States, the American church, it's forgotten for two reasons. Jan Fiegel, who many of you know, once said that ignorance and indifference are allies of evil. 
That's a beautiful and profound statement. Ignorance and indifference are allies of evil. There is much ignorance in the church about the reality and the amount of persecution going on all over the world. In great part, because of the lack of coverage in the media, I was once told by a major media figure in America, a practicing Catholic, he told me, well, we don't cover Christian persecution because it is a ratings killer. A ratings killer. That is both cynical and scandalous, especially for a practicing Catholic. The church has forgotten Christians who are being persecuted mainly because of ignorance. It's the job of Christians in the media, in academia, in politics to rectify that. That is work that can be done. But indifference is a much more dangerous thing. Indifference is soul-destroying. Indifference is a true ally of evil and will lead to hell. It's easier today to organize a talk or an exhibition in a church or a cathedral on global warming or ecology than Christian persecution. Global warming may be important. We can agree or I might disagree with you. But as a friend of mine once said, when you're about to have your head cut off, you're not really worried about air conditioning. It's sad to tell you, very sad to tell you. I've been told multiple times on visits to Iraq and Syria by bishops, by priests, that deep down they believe the Western church doesn't really care about them. That is very, very sad. In biblical language, in fact, that's a scandal. In the true biblical sense of the word, a scandalion, a stumbling block for the faith to not care. Indifference on the part of professed Christians to the suffering of their brethren who are being persecuted will not be forgotten. It will not be forgotten. And so what can we do? How can we remember the forgotten Christians, especially as conservatives. This is very practical. First, of course, it's philosophical and historical. We don't deny or obliterate or falsify our heritage. As Minister Varga said this morning, what was true for our ancestors is true for us. That's also partly what Chesterton meant when he talked about the democracy of the dead. It should be the work of governments who at least claim some connection with Christianity or are founded on the Judeo-Christian ethic to support religious freedom and particularly, obviously, those persecuted for their faith. But Christians should have a particular concern, obviously, for their fellow believers. St. Paul wrote, let us do good to all men, but first to the members of the household of the faith. We help all, but if we're Christians, we first help the members of the household of the faith. I would highlight in my last few words the work of Hungary. Uh, whenever I'm, most of you know, of course, what Hungary's been doing for persecuted Christians, but perhaps not everyone. I always say to my Hungarian friends, you have very bad PR. They have very bad PR, period, as the Americans say, full stop. But they have very bad PR for the work that they're doing. Hungary is still the only government in the world that has a specific government ministry for persecuted Christians. It's not a ministry for diversity. It's not a ministry for inclusivity. It is the state secretariat for persecuted 
Christians, started by Mr. Orban, peace be upon him, in 2016, because he saw the suffering of Christians and decided to do something about it. God bless Hungary for doing that. Rebuilding, educating, all these kind of things. My little charity helps to keep people in their countries by giving them work. That is also the way to stop migration, by keeping people in their own countries and giving them jobs. All these things, my time is running out, I realize, so I'm going to move a little bit more. What can we do within the church, last? We must not be parochial. That's a pejorative term. I can't tell you the amount of times I've been asked in the United States particularly, and in Europe, when did we bring the gospel to those Arabs? Of course, we didn't bring the gospel to those Arabs. They brought the gospel to us. Ignorance. Do you know we've had six Syrian popes in our history? Six Syrian popes. Theodore of Tarsus, a Syrian, was appointed the Archbishop of Canterbury in the 7th century. The Archbishop of Westminster in London is due to retire soon. Wouldn't it be rather amazing if a Syrian or a Chaldean Iraqi was appointed the next Archbishop of Westminster? I suspect he might have slightly different priorities than global warming. If you hate your grandparents or your great-grandparents and you hate all they valued, you are living in a dysfunctional family. Conservatives must not forget our roots and our family now. I conclude with the words of an Iraqi priest to me in 2015. He said, we will not forget those who helped us, but we will also not forget those who refused to help us. Let us conservatives be the ones who help.